You are listening to Kubernetes Bytes, a podcast bringing you the latest from the world of cloud-native data management. My name is Ryan Walner, and I'm joined by Bobin Shaw, coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. We'll be sharing our thoughts on recent cloud-native news and talking to industry experts about their experiences and challenges managing the wealth of data in today's cloud-native ecosystem. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it's Ryan and Bobbin. Uh, this is going to be part two of our Live from QCon episodes. Uh, if you did not get to listen to part one, it is the previous episode um, where we listened and heard from uh, Peter, Gabriel, Tim, and Stephen. Uh, so go ahead and check that out if you're interested to uh, see what's going on in the sort of Percona, EDB, Dell, and Akamai space. Um, and this episode, Episode will be from uh, four more. Why don't you give us a little, little uh, sneak peek, Bavin, of who's coming up? Yeah. So in this uh, part two, we'll talk to Brad from Redis. We'll talk to Ben Aaron from Teleport, talking about security. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Scott Lowe from Plumi, and then uh, Sean from Instruct to talk about how people can get started with their Kubernetes journey. Uh, so exciting second part coming up. Absolutely. All right. Well, we won't keep you any longer. Enjoy. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Brad, welcome to Kubernetes Bytes live here at Detroit. Thanks for joining us for a little bit of time here. How's it going? Introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Brad Askar. I'm principal product manager for Redis for their Kubernetes ecosystem. So all things Kubernetes and containers and cloud native. Awesome. So how's the uh, how's the show for you so far? I know we're so it's Thursday today. Mm -hmm. We're deep into KubeCon at this point. How's the show been? So the show's been great. I think a lot of you know particular themes are coming out. Uh, multi clusters are very big thing. Security mm -hmm. and build pipeline and build security. Uh, and a good bit of stuff on databases. So more people showing up in the database space. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I think like Brad, we had you on to talk about Redis on Kubernetes a while back. Yep. So what do you have new for us? Like what can we talk about? Yeah. So then we talked about a little bit longer range. So now we're uh, announcing that our Redis on Flash feature, which is the ability to have just some of it in memory because we're in memory database. Yep. But we can also do it on disk. So when you have terabytes of terabytes, that's cost prohibitive to do all of that in memory, right? And so mm -hmm. we, we've had the capability within the prop within the Redis product, but inside of Kubernetes, we hadn't exposed that capability. Okay. So now inside of Kubernetes, you'll be able to uh, to, to do and expose that functionality and do it in the exact same way that you would if you're on VM or Verbo. Okay, that's awesome. Like, yeah. so still using the operator, maybe different? Yeah. Yeah, you're still using the operator and it mm -hmm. takes and, and does a lot of the sequencing of it. And it's actually going to be one of the easiest places to run 
Redis on Flash because we take care of a lot of the stuff that you would have to manually do otherwise. Gotcha. And is this a feature that was announced this week? Do we have any customers already using this? So we've got uh, beta customers that are using it uh, and customers have used Redis on Flash. Oh, it's, sure, it's yeah. like four year technology, right? So it's not <laughs> like new. It was just exposing inside of Kubernetes. Kubernetes. Uh, so that's, that's what's happening uh, this week. The other thing we've got is a private preview. Mm -hmm. of a new technology. We've always been able to do what we call active-active. Uh, sure. Active-active yep. is geo-replicated databases, right, for for uh, spanning lo longer distance uh, conflict-free uh, replication technology. Yep. We're announcing a private preview on that. Uh, and the cool thing is, is that inside of Kubernetes, you'll be actually be able to describe it in YAML files on both both clusters and then tell it, I want to create a database that does this. And under the covers, it does all the work for you. The Kubernetes clusters don't have to talk to each other, just the databases. Oh, wow. And then it generates all the objects so that you can still manage it in a declarative YAML kind of way. Right, right, right. And so when we're done doing that, there's going to be a new a new controller, right? So our product is an operator and three controllers right now. Mm -hmm. Add another controller for that. And then it'll be the easiest place. A couple of YAML files and the extension is literally like four lines in one YAML file and three in another. And now you've got a, a database that can span geographies and right, it just right. does it all and wires it all up for you. I like that. I like that. And and those YAML files that you're managing in each cluster, are you pretty much just any of these to an operator that's running in each cluster as well? Yeah, and that's okay. exactly how it yeah. how it is. The databases have to talk to each other. And yep. the yep. databases have to have credentials to talk to each other. Right, right. But the way we did it is the Kubernetes clusters don't have to talk to each other, right. just the Redis databases under the covers. No, I think that's helpful, right? Like you don't want to expose your API server on any public facing things. Exactly. Okay. So what about distributions under the covers? Like the, do I need to have the same Kubernetes distribution on both sides? Nope. All you need is Redis. In oh. fact, in some cases you can have a you know slightly mismatched versions of Redis as long as you're not using new features of the highest version. Okay, this private preview sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. And so does this uh, replication also support the Redis on Flash capability as well? So if you're running that, you could do the same that thing? That is something that we do not have okay. in conjunction. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of moving parts. Of that. Yeah, I imagine uh -huh. it's a lot of moving parts. But <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So um, we'll change gears a little bit here and talk about um, what you thought about sort of the KubeCon and, and, and Detroit. Uh, I heard earlier you were from the area. So, you know, what's your favorite part about this area and Detroit so far? Yeah, so growing up, we would come over to Detroit. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit older than most of the attendees here. So <laughs> I kind of remember some of the heydays uh, sure. of Detroit and then some of the decline. And then it's really great seeing kind of the revitalization of the downtown area. I think so too, yeah. And, you know, so a lot of really good stuff going on here. And so, and it's just nice to, to, to come back. I actually had a chance to go over and see my mom. Nice. Uh, as yep, I flew yep. in, and so uh, she's in, you know, in an area about two hours away from here. So combine a little work and personal. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I'm, my hotel's out out in Dearborn, and uh, we take Washington Ave in every day. And what uh, Ford is doing with the old uh, train station, mm -hmm. that is a beautiful area. And yes. there's, you could tell there's just so much money coming in, yeah. uh, a lot of new buildings, like construction everywhere. So uh, it's been eye opening. I've only been here a couple times, but I feel like it's changed every time I've been here. So. Yeah, my brother's in tech, and he moved north of Detroit. Yeah, uh, about a year ago, and he's really enjoying the area as well. Okay, so. I didn't know that you were a native to the area. <laughs> I took Ryan's suggestion yesterday and went to Buddy's for some Detroit style pizza. 
Is that oh, was that a good decision, or do you have some other recommendations? <laughs> no, I like I like Detroit style pizza. I like pizza from everywhere. Everywhere, okay. <laughs> everywhere. You're just a pizza I'm everywhere a pizza guy. guy. <laughs> the place has got a local thing. That's the thing I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buddy's was, was a good decision. Well, uh, Brad, I appreciate you stopping by, and um, hopefully you enjoy the rest of the conference, and we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Yeah, enjoy the conference. Yeah, thanks, thanks Brad. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Ben, uh, thanks for joining us at Kubernetes Bytes and taking the time for us. Why don't you introduce yourself for everybody? Yeah, my name is Ben Arendt. I'm a developer relations manager at Teleport. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so it's day three now here at KubeCon, and I don't know when you got in. I got in Sunday night with Bobbin, so yep. I've been here. It feels like a full week already. Mm -hmm. uh, how's the show going for you? Yeah, the show's going great. Uh, I've been primarily helping out at the booth. Nice. And it's been great to meet a whole bunch of our customers and also sort of teach um, people more about Teleport. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what's Teleport doing here? What's new? What's going on? Uh, what uh, is everybody interested uh, at Teleport? Yeah, Teleport has been a long time supporter of the CNCF. Um, I believe it's like a CNCF project. Sure. And we're an open core product. Okay. So majority of our development happens in the open. It's available on GitHub. Yeah. It's GitHub gravitational Teleport. Okay. okay. And probably ever since it started, maybe like at least five years, we've supported Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. It started off with SSH and Kubernetes access. Yeah. And over those years and the versions of Kubernetes, sure. um, the product just keeps getting better. And so um, it's great to also like see some of our customers here who are having yeah. teleport and like tens of thousands of Kubernetes clusters as well. Got it. So um, I know you've probably been doing a lot of this at the booth already, but maybe uh, give the uh, elevator pitch of what teleport is um, and, and how you use it. Yeah, teleport provides identity native access to infrastructure and there's like a lot of words in there yeah <laughs> yep 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 break them down <laughs> so what we say by identity native is we tie every connection to access back to the individual identity yeah and so you know you know that it's me accessing this group system masters you sure. know that i'm accessing like this ubuntu user yep and in the background it all uses short-lived certificates for access yeah. okay and so the it's very secure and i think one of my pitch here since kubecon is full of practitioners as i say like right right it's really like like liked and enjoyed by the developers and the engineers right often you get these tools which there's always a tension between like security and development right mm -hmm. and we sort of bridge that gap so it's really uh, nice ux for developers and the security team is really happy because we have all this sort of best-in-class mm -hmm. security features as well right so how does it work with something like I know port security policies and the thing, but how does it work with native Kubernetes security constructs and how, how does Teleport add on to that? Yeah, so the way in which it works is uh, you map your users to roles, groups, and permissions within Kubernetes clusters. Yep. And so if you, one primitive that we have inside Teleport is the concept of labels. Mm -hmm. okay. So when you add Kubernetes clusters to Teleport, you add labels, and then we have like role-based access control based upon labels. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that just gives you know, access or deny or for that cluster, then you go into where, how do you map? So the worst case example is like you map to system masters. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't want to do that. Yeah. 
So what you do is actually walking through um, a potential prospect earlier today of they have like 300 engineers. Okay. And when those 300 engineers, they use often, you lose like LDAP, so they use like Active Directory. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And in the Active Directory, they have different groups, different permissions, which goes across everything. So you can pull in those groups and then you map them to sort of roles within your Kubernetes cluster. Mm -hmm. And so often you'd have like the like the SRE team might have one user which you've predefined within your Kubernetes cluster. So you set that once and then like the 30 people in the SRE team yep. can use that. And then when it goes back to identity, you can say that person was the person who accessed that cluster and that pod. And um, we can try, we have an audit log of the commands. And then we even have like a session recording. It's like uh, Netflix for your like kubectl execs. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. Does yeah, it also give you recommendations? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that I feel like the UX and that experience is definitely something uh, that's so important now that where we are with the Kubernetes ecosystem. Uh, I was having a conversation earlier today with a couple of people and they're like, oh, there's a lot of security people here. A lot of mm -hmm. like, that makes a lot of sense though, right? Given where I think we've come in the last five, six years with Kubernetes, you know, we've adopted it. Now it's de facto. Now uh, everybody says, well, now how do I do this securely? How do I do it with good UX? And I feel like Teleport does a little of both of those, you know, given what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think um, in an ideal utopia world, everything's like GitOps. You write your push to code. It sure, deploys yeah. as automation. Like you never touch infrastructure. Yeah. <laughs> that's not really true. Everyone eventually yep. has to touch infrastructure at some point. Yeah. And so when people do touch infrastructure, you know, you just want to go onto a pod and pull logs. You want to know, okay, who was doing what actions. And I think this is also a good time to go back and be like, oh, let's read the session recording, see what you did. Now we can make like an automated tool. Maybe we could sort of fine tune that and remove that manual process. Right. So I do, I do want to clarify one thing uh, because I'm not actually that familiar with Teleport. So, um, you know, what's the benefit of bringing something like Teleport in over the sort of traditional way that you go and set up users or service accounts in Kubernetes today? Yeah, I think there's uh, two parts to that question. One is just the amount of users that you have. Okay. So if you have a, you know, an organization of 50 mm -hmm. to 100 or 1000 developers, yeah. it quickly becomes like unwieldy. Sure. <clears throat> and you and you end up basically recreating, you know, like LDAP internally, which is never good. <laughs> and then you have like two places to do it. Yeah. So it's good to have one extra external source. The other part of it is if you're adding you know, like 10, oh, actually we've talked to lots of people here. So lots of uh, retail will have a large department store yeah. and each store has a Kubernetes cluster. Okay. And if you're a popular hardware store, you might have thousands of right. stores. Yep. Yep. And yep. how do they get access to those thousands of stores? And it becomes like a administrative overhead to paying for sure, like all yeah. those things. So yeah. it's nice to have one consolidated place for access because if you don't consolidate it and there's pieces, there's always going to be sort of like attack factors into your infrastructure. Absolutely. So is there a way like this sounds like Teleport does support multi-cluster? Yeah. Uh, so if I add a new cluster, do I inherit every policy that has been set for on all other clusters or this is something that, okay, I just, I can select the subset of policies or roles, uh, users that I want to give access to the new cluster. Yes, yeah, so we have um, two Helm charts, mm -hmm. one which is a, a cube agent, and that mm -hmm. sort of like dials back. Once you deploy that cube agent, that Kubernetes cluster get registered in a root cluster. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we support like thousands of sort of agents, clusters, yep. agents back. And then that's when you use labeling. Okay. But then you can just use sort of labeling in combination with your Kubernetes groups and users to sort of scale that sort of like infrastructure access. Okay. 
Makes Got sense. It. All right, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about um, what you've been up to here in Detroit. I know there's been a lot of events at night. I don't know when you got in, but have you have you eaten something you've really enjoyed or visited anywhere in the city that, you know, have you been here before? Give it a little. A little uh, it's my first time in Detroit. Okay. I actually came in from Florida from vacation. Okay. okay. So it was like, I came in my beach shorts and a hat. <laughs> and then it suddenly felt very autumnal. Yeah, yeah. There's like some ginkgo trees near my hotel. Yeah. It's like a beautiful, like, I was like, wow, this is like pretty beautiful like the architecture is super cool here yeah yeah, yeah it is you're right and um near my hotel there's a really good cafe and i had a mediterranean bagel okay which made there what is a mediterranean, mediterranean bagel I, I really don't know it had like just some cool mediterranean spices in it okay it's okay. very tasty <laughs> okay. it was called um i think it was like john or james oliver all right which kind of think you know like uh, Jamie Oliver is like a UK chef. So right. like, oh, not unrelated, but it's very good. Worth checking out. Got it. Awesome. <laughs> well, um, you know, we'd love to have you back on the show for a full episode. I think that'd be really fun. But thanks for stopping by and spending a little time with us here at the show. Okay. Great. Thanks, thanks for having me. Sean, welcome to Kubernetes Bytes live at Detroit. Thanks for taking some time with us. Introduce yourself and what are you up to? Sure, thanks for having me. My name is Sean Carolyn, and I'm the head of pre-sales at Instruct, a virtual labs platform. Awesome. So um, give the listeners a little bit of a rundown of what Instruct is all about. Sure. Instruct is a browser-based uh, labs platform that you can use for demos, um, workshops, uh, test drives, pretty much anything where you need temporary infrastructure to run things on. Cool. Uh, what makes uh, Instruct different? Like, what do you what are you doing that's maybe new to those at KubeCon? What are you talking about at your booth? Anything there? I think one of the things that makes Instruct unique is the fact that we use real infrastructure sure. mm -hmm. inside the labs. So, you know, if I need a Kubernetes cluster, I can get everything from a small K3S instance all the way through, you know, your large GKE, AKS, EKS clusters. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So are these on uh, are these labs available for anyone to use on your website or do you help other vendors? showcase their products using have, these labs. Yeah, we have some of those. So we have plenty of uh, demo tracks, sample tracks people can use for free. Okay. And then our customers also publish many, many of them publish tracks that you can use for free as well. So you could take a Kubernetes course, for example, um, using our platform and the, the vendor kind of sponsors it for us. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think, it, so I was working the Portworks booth this week, right? Uh, I did have a few conversations where even though they were at KubeCon, people were still in the training phase or learning more about Kubernetes. I had a discussion where the person didn't know much about storage. They're like, I'm still at the point where I, I, I think etcd is the place where everything is stored as like, okay, okay that's yeah, metadata. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I, I think for people like that, something like Instruct is really cool as they can get their hands dirty without even having to spin up a cloud account or spin up a Kubernetes cluster on their own. Yeah, it really starts to feel like we're entering the early adopters phase, mm -hmm. you know, the tech adoption curve. A few years ago, it was the innovators and yep. then um, the early adopters. Now the early majority is starting to come in, you know? <laughs> and yeah, I can tell because you see a lot of laptops with, with few or no stickers on them, right? Like, oh, you're new, right? Maybe it's uh, a new laptop. It I mean, could be. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could have just had a 
check refresh. Um, I think I, now I know why Ryan has been ga- capturing all different stickers and putting it I on his laptop. I got a brand new laptop to sell. I got a brand new laptop to sell. <laughs> Your credit is extinct. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, maybe those listening that are part of this community, they're used to going to the Kubernetes docs. And I know if you peruse the Kubernetes docs, you see like, try this out, right? Um, and I think there's sort of a platform there called Killer Coda or something they've been using. How is it? Sort of different. How is it? You know, similar. What what makes Instruct unique? Yeah, Killer Code is a, a, a descendant of a, <laughs> a, a product called Katacoda. Okay, okay. Familiar yeah. with. Um, so it's it's backwards compatible with Katacoda. Um, those tracks are a little bit more lightweight than what you get with Instruct. So okay. yeah, um, yeah. a little more limited in functionality, but it's it's also a nice, fast, easy way to get your hands on with the tool, which you know we we love. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. if I if I had sort of a, you know. A, if my developers say had a full blown AWS environment or something like that, and they're used to using those tools, can they bring that to Instruct to use or get that experience of of Kubernetes on a cloud? Absolutely, yeah. In most cases, you can. If you have any kind of automation code, like a Helm chart or some yeah. Terraform or Ansible, it's helpful. But um, we provide these temporary AWS accounts where you mm-hmm. can run anything, okay. so including okay. an EKS cluster. So it just takes the uh, little bit of automation to kind of stand up what you want to run, and then you can use it as just as you would with your own account. Yeah. What? So what level of automation or tooling do you use to for that? Most folks will pick a tool like um, Terraform. Uh, we support CloudFormation okay. as well for the AWS native uh, folks. But even you know, for simple use cases, you can use something like just the AWS command line. Right. Okay. And so a, a simple script with a few AWS commands in it can be enough to stand up a VM and get you going. So they actually can manage that script and, and can kind of control what those environments look like. Yeah, everything in Instruct is infrastructure as code. Okay. So it basically boils down to your YAML, Markdown, yeah. and some scripting. Awesome. So let's switch gears a little bit. I like to, um, you know, give a little bit a taste of Detroit. I don't know how long you've been here. I know Bob and I have been here since Sunday. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's been a full week and a half already, uh, yep. given how much time we're awake <laughs> these days. Yep. Um, but have you eaten something? Have you gone somewhere in Detroit that's really kind of uh, sparked your interest at all? Yeah. So before I came, I, uh, I set a goal for myself, and that was to find the, the uh, Detroit style pizza. Okay. I'm a yeah, big, yeah. big pizza fan. And uh, did my research and found a place called Buddies. Oh, yeah. That's where yeah. I was last night. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. You, you've experienced Buddies. Um, amazing Detroit-style pizza. If you haven't had it, it it's it's a, cooked in a rectangular tray. Yeah. And um, kind of a thicker crust than, than your traditional, you know, Italian pizza. <laughs> Um, I'm a fan of all, all types of pizza. So Buddies is definitely should be on your wish list. Yeah, I, I wonder how many people from KubeCon rolled through Buddies, Buddies this week. Yeah. I was there <laughs> Right of passage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was packed pretty much for KubeCon people. Uh, and where are you from? Amsterdam, right? Our headquarters is in Amsterdam. You're not. Okay. Uh, I'm based in the U.S. I live in Austin, oh, there you go. Austin Texas. Um, okay. I was the first U.S.-based employee of Instruct. Now I think we're up to nine. Got it. So, yeah. so the pizza in Texas is... Is rough, I imagine. It's different. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's different. Yeah, no, I, I, there are some spots. You know, I, I, I feel you can find good pizza anywhere in the world if you look hard enough. But uh, I'm, I'm from New York. I, I can't agree with that comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the New York style pizza. You know, a big floppy slice. I mean, there's nothing quite like it. Right? Exactly. You so, have to fold it too to yeah. eat it correctly. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's New York pizza or go home pretty uh-huh. much for me. Okay. I mean, the North End in Boston's all right, but you know, we, we, we make do. Okay. Well, I have a question for you then. Feelings on 
pineapple. Oh, pizza. terrible. Don't yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm through. <laughs> so, you didn't grow up in Europe. The, yeah. The, the thing about this question is there's no in-between. Like, <laughs> One spectrum or the other. Yes. <laughs> cool. So, um, you know, obviously we'd love to have you back on the show for a full episode, but where can, you know, folks find more? Where do they go to to either get a hold of you or learn more about Instruct? Yeah, just start with instruct.com. There's a button that says test drive. So yeah. you, can even, you can even try the product without talking to a salesperson. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you do like humans, you can reach out to me as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time here at uh, KeepCon Detroit. Appreciate Great. it. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Scott, uh, thanks for coming to Kubernetes Bytes over here in this little nook and cranny of uh, KubeCon Detroit. I appreciate you coming. Uh, give yourself uh, an intro and tell everybody what you're about. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Scott Lowe. And uh, I currently work for uh, Pulumi Corporation. I'm uh, on the dev developer relations team, so okay. DevRel. Uh, but uh, you know, a lot of folks know me from previous gigs at NiceEra, VMware, Heptio, VMware. Uh, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, books. Uh, uh, you know, my own podcast with Packet Pushers, the Full Stack Journey podcast, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think I have some. Um, some memories of my SDN days uh, working when I was way back at EMC and like 10 years ago, uh, evaluating Big Switch and Icera. And I'm pretty sure we had cross paths back then at some uh, point. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm fully sure that we did. Uh, so, absolutely. Nice. So I think I've followed Scott. And uh, again, you you were on the podcast before when, when we spoke about Cluster API. One thing I've noticed you do at these kind of trade shows is live tweet the keynote. Or live blog the keynote actually? I, yeah. I, well, I used to I used to live blog and live tweet. Yeah. But I think my typing is getting slower, so <laughs> I, I can't keep up with both of them. Either that or the presenters are going faster. I'm not sure which. <laughs> uh, I like I like live blogging because it's a little more permanent. Yep. Uh, and easier to go back and reference later. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's easier at times just to live tweet. So I wanted to get some sort of information out for folks sure. who couldn't make it. Yeah. Um, I know there are a lot of people who could not make it to the show for a variety of reasons. And uh, so I figured, I figured uh, at least uh, sending out some tweets about the uh, keynote and then a couple of the sessions I was in um, to share you know, information with, with folks would so be, would be useful. What were the couple of highlights that you would like to share from the keynote, like day one or day two? Uh, so I, I was, I was, uh, I don't want to say I was caught off guard, but I, I was a little, uh, it was a little unexpected for the day one keynote to, to focus so much on, on, um, what, what felt like convincing the maintainers that CNCF had their backs. Interesting. Uh, okay. you know, it was it, Priyanka was up there and, and talked, you know, multiple times, like maintainers, we're here for you. Maintainers, we've got you, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, anytime there's an open source project of this size, we've seen it before. You know, it, it's it's challenging to maintain excitement in the industry and excitement in the yeah. in the contributor yeah. maintainer community, yep. and um, you need uh, an ongoing diverse set of contributors and maintainers. And there's some burnout that happens, sure. You yeah. know, in large projects, so I think they may have been trying to address some of that. I, I I don't have an inside track, so I don't I don't know. But 
Uh, it just it's something that jumped out at me out of the day one. Um, the day two keynotes, uh, which which happened this morning, um, nothing really surprising or unusual out of that. Um, but I do find it interesting uh, how CNCF you know feels like it's necessary to provide these um, project updates. That is like right. somebody standing up there and just going flat out <laughs> for like ten minutes. And we did this, and we did this, and we did this, and we did this. You know, and it, so I mean. I get it. You want to make sure that attendees know that yep. projects are growing and that kind of thing. Right. I just, I don't know if there's a, a better way of doing that or not, but I, I felt bad for folks who had to sit up there and talk for 10 minutes nonstop about, you know, project <laughs> updates. Uh, I know it's difficult to so. retain as well. All of that information. Sure. Yeah. Sure, maybe sure. I can just look at a slide later on or, or a yeah. blog. <laughs> Something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, uh, but either way, I, I do I do appreciate the, the hard work by the volunteers who yeah. get up and present. So, you know, I, I, not trying to dump on them at all. Oh, I yeah. just, you know, it, it was it was a lot of information all at once, you know, on yeah. those project updates. Yeah. So well, this is actually enlightening for me because I didn't go to either keynote. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, gotcha. so thank you, gotcha. I guess. <laughs> no, no, quite, quite all right. Happy to happy to help. So that's great. So you did tweet some of the, the keynote out and everything like that this week then. Yes. Uh, I, I I did tweet from a portion of yesterday's keynote. I had to step out early. Uh, for a meeting, uh, my my day job has me doing some sure yeah uh, press and analyst meetings yeah and uh, then I tweeted uh, the keynote from this morning and then I also uh, shared some information from uh, an interesting session on uh, chaos engineering that was okay. shared uh, by Goldman Sachs, um, which I thought and I, and I shared this in my in my tweet stream. It was a very informative, very down to down to earth, practical, useful session. Okay, and it was just. It was one of the sessions that as a practitioner, if you're thinking about like, I want to go into a session and I yeah. want to get real world information from somebody who's been there. Yeah. This is exactly what it was. That's nice. I mean, yeah. and, and, you know, very, very just on point. So huge shout out to the presenter and Goldman Sachs for that presentation. I thought it was very well done. Also, where, where do people find you on Twitter? That, that, oh, I'm yeah. Sure they're well, interested. If, you, if you want to get inundated with <laughs> tweets, um, then follow me at at Scott underscore low. Awesome. Uh, on Twitter. So, yeah. Awesome. So, and I think last time when you were here, we just spoke about Cluster API. Yeah. Now that you work at Pulumi and in the DevRel team, can you share what was announced this week? Just a quick, oh, yeah, a couple of sure, highlights. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, we we announced this week, um, as you would expect, some Kubernetes focused uh, yeah. things, right? Yep. So we, we announced a new version of our Kubernetes operator. And um, the Kubernetes operator is really cool because what it allows you to do is to take Pulumi programs, and for those of you that aren't familiar with Pulumi, the idea here is that we're doing infrastructure as code, but we're allowing you to do that in any general purpose programming language. So you, okay. you don't have to learn a you know tool specific DSL. Mm -hmm. um, but the operator allows you to take uh, any Pulumi program and and uh, define that as a custom resource okay. in Kubernetes, and then have the operator continuously reconcile okay. uh, that Ooh. that resource. Cool. So then go and manage infrastructure as code via Pulumi from within Kubernetes, right? Very nice. uh, which is, which is super cool. Um, and so we added um, some, some improvements in the operator itself, but one of the other big things was integration with Flux. Okay. Uh, which is, of course, the super popular GitOps platform, yeah. which allows us to tap into Flux's uh, sources functionality, like where it can source um, stuff from uh, in our operator. And also we can, uh, we even have a provider for Flux, which means we can, uh, provision and configure Flux via Plumi. 
Very cool. Um, yeah. As well as use Flux to run Polymi to do other things. So it's a little bit of inception kind of stuff there. <laughs> anyway, um, so those were the, the focus of the, nice. the announcements this week, uh, Kubernetes stuff. And then we have some interesting stuff that we'll be announcing soon as well. So, Great. I think, uh, you know, thinking back to the keynote number one and we have your backs, I'm wondering, because I can't help but think back to my OpenStack days yeah. of, is, <laughs> is this PTSD from the OpenStack project? <laughs> you know, I, I have asked myself that same thing. And um, th there are reasons why you could make that comparison. And there are also yeah. reasons why you you could not or should not. Right? Yeah, right. Like, I think one of the things, and I've called this out before, one of the things I think the Kubernetes community has done really, really well is actually focus on solving problems within the project itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A great example of this is the work that happened with uh, KubeADM and then later with Cluster API right. in mm -hmm. terms of making cluster setup not as much of a chore, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And in, in OpenStack, that was always left for the vendors. Like OpenStack was That's like, true, yeah. we're going to build this and somebody else will make it easy to install. <laughs> right. right. And instead, Kubernetes is like, no, 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 nobody else is going to make it easy to install. We're going to make it easy to install, right? right? We're going to simplify it and we're going to write the best practices for it, which I think is a huge improvement. But where I think you can make a comparison is just this is a massive open source project. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they shared numbers about numbers of maintainers and numbers of contributors and all of that in the keynote. And I don't remember any of them, but that's OK. <laughs> um, but the fact is, like, it's, it's a massive project. It takes lots of people with lots of effort right. to maintain. And I think that was also true, too, with with OpenStack. And, yeah, I think there is the risk of some, uh, you know, maintainer contributor fatigue. Mm -hmm. And and maybe, um, you know, as as we follow the hype cycle for technology where people begin to, you know, they're not as excited, quote unquote, excited about Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still a critical, important thing moving forward, but they're just not it's not the new cool yep. thing. Right. Yeah. Yep. When it becomes, quote unquote, boring, um, <laughs> then I think people lose interest and they just kind of assume that like, oh, yeah, it's, it's fine. Right. But the reality is that people still have to be contributing yeah. and still have to be maintaining mm -hmm. and all that, right. even when it's no longer exciting. Um, one other thing I want to call out the Kubernetes community, I mentioned this on Twitter as well, but like one of the things I love about the Kubernetes community is the fact that they take the time to highlight that um, unglamorous work mm -hmm. that gets done. Mm -hmm. They have the the phrase, um, you know, chop wood and carry water, yep. um, which I learned from Joe and Joe Beta from Heptio and Brian Lyles also from Heptio that actually came from Sarah Novotny, who is, was at Microsoft, I believe, and now is somewhere else. I don't know where, I apologize. But um, it just, it just to highlight that, you know, like the work that has to be done in open source isn't always glamorous and, sure. mm -hmm. and you know, uh, whatever. Sometimes it's just doing the necessary things that the community needs. And um, so I, I do want to, you know, just shout out to the community for taking the time to recognize that because I think a lot of times that, that goes unrecognized. Absolutely. Shout out to the community. It, it is a, it is a tough, you know, place to be a maintainer and uh, not always glamorous, as you say. So uh, thank you as well, I guess. Um, I know. I like most of these people are not doing this as part of their day job, right? It's after hours, after after you get done with your day job, this is when you're spending this time. So yeah, thank you. When or, everybody or, does their, their yeah. best work. Yeah. <laughs> or, or even if you are doing it as your day job, which is fine, yep. right? There are lots of paid maintainers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's not... My, my experience has been that generally they're doing it because they're passionate about yeah. what you're trying to accomplish with the project. And 
Um, so it's not just a day job. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and it's, it ends up being something more than that. And I guess that's what drives a lot of their commitment and, uh, and, and, you know, kind of going above and beyond. Absolutely. So let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Uh, we've been uh, here since Sunday and we've been asking everybody what they've been up to throughout the week in Detroit. Uh, and I've been here a couple of times myself, although uh, it seems like everyone we ask or everyone we talk to has rolled through Buddy's Pizza. Yep. Um, so I know Detroit Pizza is a big topic. Have you had it? What, what's what's uh, your favorite thing you've done so far? Right. So I, I have had pizza here in Detroit. Um, but not from buddies. Okay. So Ooh. I haven't rolled through buddies. Now, I got, I got late approval to attend the show. And, uh, when I went to, you know, where I make all the travel arrangements, all, all yep. the hotel blocks downtown were just so exorbitantly expensive or, you know, something just, just crazy stupid. Um, so I ended up finding an Airbnb, which is a, a couple miles, uh, east of, okay. of the downtown area. Yeah. Um, now I'll be, I'll be frank. It's not the, you know, most, uh, Wonderful of neighborhoods. Washington Ave? Uh, no, 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 Jefferson. Okay. Okay. Jefferson. Got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so it's like a straight shot down to the conference center, yeah. but it's still, you know, like a, a little older neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And, um, but that being said, there is a fantastic, uh, like locally owned uh, pizza shop right around the corner called okay. Happy's Pizza. Okay. Happy's, right. Happy's okay. Pizza, right? And I went in there, I got into town on Sunday. And uh, it, it's a little bit of a food desert kind of around the sure, Airbnb sure. where I am. Like, there's just not much there. But I found Happy Pizza and I walked over there and the owner's in there. And he's like, you know, hey, how's it going? I'm yep. good, you know. And he saw that I had been to the grocery store and picked up some uh, pop, as he called it. Okay. Um, you know, and so I ordered a pizza. He's like, oh, you can have some pizza and pop. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, man, you know. Sounds like a good night. Is, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, it's always a little bit of a risk when you go into a, you, you know, never know. Mm -hmm. You just yeah. never know, right? Rolling the dice. But no, it was uh, really good. Uh, Thin crust uh, pizza. Um, just, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. So. Nice. Buddies yeah, and out, Happies. Shout, shout out to Happy's Pizza on East Jefferson. Buddies and Happies, Happies with Happy. Um, yeah, I think I've been really impressed. I know, you know, I, I, I come down sort of from the East as well into the conference center every, every day through Uber because I booked really late as well. Um, but just sort of all the construction and all the, the, the money and the old sort of uh, train station that Ford has taken over. And I think I, one of the Uber drivers told me they're putting like a billion dollars into that area. And it's, it's beautiful. So um, it's really nice to see. I think this is a pretty unique city a lot of a lot of brick a lot of architecture mm -hmm. that um has surprised me i've spent a, a couple of times here but not as much time downtown so. and ryan has had like the most interesting uber rides this week so i have yeah <laughs> you know i had one uber driver basically go like 25 minutes north when my my oops <laughs> yeah yeah and they were like why they said why am i why is it telling me to turn i'm like because that's the that's the direction we're supposed to go but <laughs> Here, neither here nor there. Um, Scott, I really appreciate you stopping the by and telling us about what's going on at KubeCon. And uh, we have, you know, thanks for being on the show previously. And yeah, yeah, of course. And I uh, appreciate the opportunity to jump on and uh, shoot the breeze with uh, you all and talk about KubeCon. So uh, anytime, happy to join again awesome. sometime in the future if you like. Thanks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba -ba. 
Bobbin. So we have spent the last few days interviewing a bunch of people in the Kubernetes community. I think it's been a really wonderful treat to be in person with everybody um, and ask them about their experience here at mm -hmm. KubeCon. I know I missed Valencia. Um, Me too. Yeah, you too. <laughs> so, uh, and before that, right, we had everything going on with the pandemic. You were in LA, but yep. it's, you know, tell, tell us about the energy difference between LA and here. Oh, like there is maybe 50%. This is better because LA, we had maybe 4,000 people. Half yeah. of them were just vendors talking to each other. Okay. We didn't have as many users yeah. at KubeCon LA. Yeah. Th this year, things have definitely improved. Like there's more excitement, more people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Lots of fun conversations, a lot of announcements. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was way better. And I'm I'm glad that we are moving in the right direction again. Uh, yeah. I know pandemic put a pause on things and things are not headed in the right direction, but now I'm excited for Amsterdam. Yeah, I've had a number of different conversations, I think, with people about sort of what their take on Kubernetes is, not just on the show, but yeah. just like around the show floor. I think the hallway track has been mm -hmm. very uh, high quality. I mean, we both work at companies that have booths here, but yeah. and we're at the booths every day talking about things. But I think what we've really noticed is sort of everything outside those booth conversations have been about excited about getting back together with everybody about working as a community to take Kubernetes to the next level. Um, and it's been really rewarding. So, you know, give us a little bit of, um, of a recap about all the guests maybe we have on the show, your take on some of the things we talked about maybe, and uh, yeah, anything you want to talk about? Keep yeah, going. sure. I think we started the week right off, uh, right by uh, doing the DOK panel, right? I know we spoke about that in the intro, but then just extending that focus by talking to guys from Percona and talking to uh, Gabriel again from Enterprise DB, just following that theme about running databases and running stateful applications on Kubernetes. Percona definitely had improvements to their operators. I know, uh, Gabriel spoke about how cloud native PG now supports Postgres 15 and now can do the, um, what did he call it? Mer not, not merge, but the thaw and freeze yep. for database operations. Yep. So that was really cool. Uh, something merge new was, that merge I was also new though, I think. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. The merge was new in Postgres <laughs> yeah. 15. Cloud native PG had right. the, the, the thaw, uh, the feature uh, in it. I think I liked the conversation with Red, uh, with Brad earlier this day, uh, earlier today, where he spoke about how they have a new early access program for that multi-cluster setup. I yep. know that's a, a thing that database vendors are adding. I remember when we spoke to Patrick from Datastax a few months back, he said Kate Sandra already has something similar for Cassandra as well. So I see a lot of progress moving towards that highly available geo-redundant architectures in terms of databases. But yeah, let's cover the other vendors as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm going to take a little different tactic of, about talking about everyone, everyone mm -hmm. that we met with this week and, and focus on sort of the overarching themes. Yeah. Is that I feel like we, we interviewed a, a bunch of people from different companies that really represent a sort of a wide range of what's going on here today, right? Yep. I've had a lot of conversations this week about um, you know, how there's a lot of security focus. Mm -hmm. And we, we talked to Teleport earlier today and what they're up to. And then we we have still a, a large focus on data and Kubernetes, right? This is near and dear to our our hearts, but that's still a big, I think, problem that we're we're tackling. Yep. And then we I think we also noticed that we're really graduating from the sort of uh, experimental phase to really people pushing this and really adopting it. And that's really, I think, where I'm seeing a large focus on user experience, yep. right? Whether that is in educational platforms, like we mm -hmm. talked about Instruct, or uh, what uh, Scott was talking about, and even Brad, right, about, you know, make a complex thing actually seem more simple, yep. right? The developer wants that experience of 
hey, I want to write a few YAML, throw it at my operator. And this complexity is sort of wrapped up in a, in, you know, think about multi-cluster replication of any data, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> any database, any data. Doing it on a distributed architecture. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a huge problem, right? In a traditional IT world. Um, and to say that you can kind of install these things via operator, throw some stuff on there and, and things just uh, work. I, I like that focus yep. from everyone we've talked to on sort of what they're doing, what they're contributing back to. So you know that's i think where i'll leave it also we talked to a lot of people that went to buddies if you are in detroit <laughs> check out buddies it is very good and uh happy pizza. yeah happy's is good happy's i didn't go personally mm -hmm. um but uh it is a, a wonderful uh city and uh, it's beautiful yeah i think we can publish this episode not just as a live from kubecon but also a detroit travel show <laughs> yeah there you go exactly so um for those listening we'll put uh as many links that we can in our show notes that represent everyone who we talked to what they're up to what they talked about yep. as much as we can remember and if we forgot something just you know, get a hold of us and we'll we'll reach back out to you. Um, but I, I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. I know, end of KubeCon. All right, I'm Ryan. I'm Pavin. And thanks for joining another episode of Kubernetes Bytes. Thank you for listening to the Kubernetes Bytes podcast. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.